The previous day's storm had cleared the sky, leaving behind a stunning blue canvas with mountain peaks dimpling the bottom edge. We tried to identify Volcan Baru, Panama's highest point, by using a chart and the handheld compass. Because of our proximity to other mountains, we could not be sure which peak was truly the tallest. Later, we would be able to find it at a glance, pointing to the radio towers we had stood next to, looking out toward the Caribbean and Eurisco anchored 36 miles away. But for now, we were content to enjoy their rare appearance, before the clouds covered them for another day. While laundry was drying on the lifelines, Dave suggested we row over the reefs and look for a good place for me to snorkel. I am a picky snorkeler. If the water is too deep or murky for me to see the bottom, I often hyperventilate and must get out of the water. I prefer to snorkel over sand, since large, feet-eating critters can hide under rock ledges or be camouflaged in turtle grass. The more creatures that the Daves catch, the more aware I am of what is swimming nearby and the less comfortable I am invading their territory. In the perfect situation, snorkeling in Christiansted Harbor within 100 feet of the boat, I can stay in for hours, but rarely do I find the right combination of depth, bottom, and proximity to safety. At Gallego Keys, the environment was too wild, and I had seen too many aquatic critters to feel comfortable getting in the water. Ignorance may be bliss, in which case I was too well-versed in the resident marine life to even drag my fingers through the water. A cow-nosed ray with a two-foot wingspan buzzed us as we entered his domain. While still in deep water, we saw a southern stingray near the surface, and then a spotted eagle ray farther down. When we rode over the reefs, the corals and sponges resembled a Monet painting, with patches of every color clashing and overlapping. Red, purple, yellow, and green collided, making it difficult to distinguish between sponge, coral, and more animal-like animals. Dave backed the dinghy into the lee of the mangroves so I could lean over her transom and watch the sea anemone. Pink with glowing green tips on its tentacles, it swayed in the disturbance our oars had created. Dave tossed a piece of cut bait at it, which it ate, hiding its ingestion with its arms. Dave could not seem to catch the snapper we saw hiding in the mangrove roots anyway, so we fed the sea anemone instead. As we drifted away from our lunch date, we saw another, less colorful sea anemone. We were thankful that we gave him more than a glance in spite of his boring colors, because on closer inspection, we saw that he sported a cleaner shrimp. Nearly transparent, this little guy was smaller than two inches and easy to miss. We spotted him only because his feet caught our attention as they jerked out to grab treats that were invisible to us. Rowing home, we passed dozens of my new favorite animal, tube worms. This horribly misnamed little lovely looked like a variegated pink flower in full bloom. Then, when a shadow passed over it, or the velocity of the water nearby changed, from our oars, for example, the entire field of flowers folded up into their individual cylindrical vases. They reemerged more slowly than they disappeared, and I often scared them back into their tube with my pointing. I was enthralled with their slow progress, first rising out of their vases, then unfolding like time-lapsed photography of an opening bud. 
I had to verify Dave's label for them, sure that nothing that pretty could be called a worm.'